Oh yeah, I was working on the Space Adventure comic on my math homework. Just nice. Two pages of it. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Did you I pass? Just, I don't know. I don't think I did. Bye bye comic that might cost more than a ton. Come meet the brothers who are here to waste your time. Welcome back to the Dime Comic Bros Podcast. Welcome back to the Dime Comic Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Colin, with my co-hosts, Spencer and Jacob. Say hello. See, we did this one time, and it was funny, and then he's trying to carry it, and it's, it's not every funny. every single yeah. episode. I think it's funny, so that's it, what counts. No, it's not. Yes, it does. It's what the people find funny. I like the penis trees. <laughs> Those aren't trees. He's in a building. Read the comic! <laughs> Read it! <laughs> it's gonna be a little bit of chaos for the next, like, 30 minutes, because we haven't just sat here and talked That's about it. stuff just those two pages for a while. Because so, I did actually pay attention in physics. It's a rambles episode, it's ladies and gentlemen. It's chaos incarnate. This is the birthplace of Happy Hour. It is, true. actually. It is! Happy Hour is... is the love child of our penises in a ramble episode. What? I mean, that mostly made sense. He just had to throw a crude word in there. <laughs> That's true. I just want to... He doesn't understand demonetization of YouTube. He gets more raunchy as soon as we start recording. He's not even this explicit normally. Right. No, I'm really not. <laughs> You're like, ooh, can I get his ban? Ooh, penis! Ooh, penis! Ooh. Twelve seconds later. Colin. That's getting cut. <laughs> that's gotta go in the back. No. no. What? That's, that's gotta be like Patreon or something. <laughs> Maybe. Come on. Je Jeff will love it. Jeff will think it's so funny. Jeff likes everything we do. I know. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't make any sense. It's like, we're not even good. And he loves it. Um, I don't get it. Low standards. I'm good. No, you're not. I don't love it, and I'm part of this, but Jeff loves it. It's because we don't like ourselves. I mean, speak for yourself. I don't not like myself. I hate myself. There's a difference. Well, I've learned to not hate myself, so I just don't like myself. So I've gotten better than you, so fuck you. Pathetic. I'm better than you, you piece of shit that forgets things. I My ass is itchy. <laughs> Want to smell? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Why not? Uh, uh, sorry, I got bloody hands. <laughs> I'm gonna kill myself. Ugh, I got the seeds out of my eyes. Oh, these crusty little cummy cums. I hate the eye cummies. Yeah, me too, it's so <laughs> fucking annoying. Oh my God. Why do they have to come in my eye? And it's like, I'm not sure if I should be embarrassed when an eye cummy like, falls on the table or something. Or, Whatever desk yeah. I'm sitting at. Because it's like, I know everybody has eye cummies, but mm -hmm. how gross are eye cummies? Yeah, it's like, it's... where on the grossness scale are the eye cummies? Okay, so they're like... So, okay, we're going to make this a scale. Um, so we got at the top, right, itching your butt, in, in like, in public. Like, hand in pants, <laughs> itching ass. I and then under that is like ball scratching. But there's the levels of ball scratching. There's the <laughs> one who moves his legs around, you know, fixes his chair for no apparent reason, but he's just like fixing his balls or itching his balls. Or there's the one that's that's just like makes you look somewhere else and be like, what is that? And you just itch the balls so you don't see. Or there's the um just the fucking no shamer. That's right. just fucking just hand in shorts in front of No everybody. no no, that's not there yet. That happens no. though. The guys that just like move their sack around oh, yeah, yeah. like this, like oh, the guys that we see at work. Yeah, outside of their pants. Yeah, yeah, of their yeah, pants. Yeah. 
the guys that we see at work every day, and then there's the very few that actually put their hands right into their pants and fucking move things around, yep. give themselves a little stroke before they come out. Yep. I'm, I'm more of a so, hands so, in the pockets and then oh, like... You, yeah, and then there's a the pocket. You walk a little funny yep. and like you unstick your sack yep. and your leg. There's the, there's, there's I'm that. vaguely discreet. But the most acceptable one is the long leg stretch. Yeah. That's the accept. That's the socially acceptable one. Just in the middle of the grocery store, leg stretching. But that's not with all these categories. That's going to be lower down. Okay. That is closer to eye cummies. Okay. So, so wait, wait. The leg stretch is close to the eye cummies. Yeah, side? because it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that all one's right. more socially acceptable. And so you also have to think about. Um, oh shit! Why is one. there lore <laughs> for your ranking system about public grossness? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> <laughs> so much justification just to make Jacob feel better. Well, Spencer's I'm a good gonna, friend. Spencer just needs to give up on our website. Just go over to Fandom and create all the lore pages for our show. Yes! On there. Yes! Holy like, shit! I come up with so much lore. Come on, guys. Yeah. That's, I can't keep up with it. <laughs> I'm a creator. And then I have to find a way to make it all work and make sense because every five minutes it changes. No, it doesn't. It always makes sense. No, dude, you read... It makes just as much sense as Marvel Comics. You you retcon our lore more frequently than DC has a crisis. That's not true, but okay. Um, I don't think we really retcon stuff. We just make shit up. (laughs) Just, bam, new idea. Bam, Oracle of Foreskin. Yes. Bam, Natalie Portman. (laughs) Uh, that is the biggest lore that we have. It's like, like, our lore is is as expansive as Warhammer 40k. Not quite. Um, it's getting there. It's getting. That's my. That's we my proposition. We need a couple more seasons. Yes. So, um, we got those. What else is in the ranking? Um, there's nose picking. Ooh. But there's also a difference between nose picking and nose scratching. They're very close because people get them mixed up. Right. Some people think, oh, he's picking his nose. Where well, you're literally just doing this, or just right. trying to scratch. You're just the underside of your finger under your nose, like. Almost yeah. a mustache. Yeah, you have a you have brush. a nose, you have a finger mustache. It, yeah, it could be like you're adjusting the hairs of your mustaches or mm-hmm. you're itching your nose. You can't really tell. There's also uh, the subcategories where someone does that, where you put your finger under your nose yeah, yeah. and you're getting snot out of your face with your hand. Uh, That's in that category. See, I, and the reason why I, the I, no the just like just nose itching is so close to all of these is because people. Don't know. You, the only people that actually know for sure what you're doing is yourself, the one that's doing it. To get rid of the snot, I cut my hand and I drag it from like the base of my thumb yep. uh, to the pointers. So oh. That way it's easier to wipe away. I would use a tissue, but okay, that works. Well, sometimes you don't have a tissue. That's why you use your hoodie sleeve. No! Yeah. My hoodies are pristine. Dude, hoodies are meant to be fucked that up. That is true. Jacob has had the same hoodie for the entire span of my life. That that one zip up hoodie is from like what two thousand five or something. I have no idea which one you're talking about, but the I have re- a... the red one. Oh, the HM Mag. Yeah, yeah. That thing is ancient. Yeah. So that was right at the my my Metal Awakening too, because I won a subscription to HM Magazine, and then like a week later they were like, "So this is embarrassing, but we're going free digitally." Would you like a anything from our gift shop? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's wow. even cooler. I get the magazine and something cool. Uh, yeah. 
So what else we got on the ranking? There's that. There's also, um, let's see, fixing a wedgie. Oh, I hate that. I get wedgies so often. Mm -hmm. I it, think it's because I have no I ass. So no, I, no, no, no. I, I don't know how you get wedgies. Yeah, how wedgies? do you get wedgies? I get wedgies don't all the time. Dude, my fucking it's, I become a thong. I have explained this to you. My ass is a black hole. There is it's a, a chasm. vacuum. That's true. He just there is sucks. Suction. He just sucks his underwear into his asshole. Yes, I'm not even trying. It's not even an asshole. It's to, an ass abyss. I'm trying to expel gas from the vacuum to keep the shorts out. And it doesn't work. It just sucks it back in. <laughs> okay. So anyway. So anyway, there, there's a couple of um, wedgie pickers. There is the ass clencher, the one that plucks with their three fingers, the three prongers. Okay. Right. You the, know, you the take tweezers. The, you got the tweezers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the pincers. And the pincers, and you take it out of your ass crack and pull it out yep. outside of your pants. Right. But there's the more effective ones, the boxer... Uh, the boxer pleasers. The boxer fix. <laughs> the boxer, boxer fister. The no, no, like, no. It's the full fist at the base of nope, the ass. Nope, nope. You got the ones that grab the the legs of their boxers and pull them down, Ooh. pull them down. That and takes it so fixes much work. Everything. No, it doesn't. It does. I do it all the time. I'm like, don't, don't. Yeah, it, that's. Too and you got to do a little shaky leg, you know. Right. That's too much work. It's uh -huh. so much less work than just the pincer. Whoop. But the pincer only lasts for so long, where if you do the boxer pleasers, it lasts almost three hours. Dang, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But See? then back to the the the, the ass fister. The ass fister, you yep. you use the whole fist at the base of the ass and just grab the whole chunk of underwear. And, and that's uncomfortable. It is. Then, then, your leg, then the legs of your boxers aren't doing so well. And they're kind of off-kilter, too. Yes, then so they're off-kilter. So you have to go to the bathroom and fix it. Right. That's fucked up. That's even more of a waste of time. Than the boxer pleasers. Spencer is scrolling Twitter because we have lost him. He's on comicbook.com. Yes, and yes. Anyway. You have nothing on this grossness meter? No! Nothing to add? No! You're so I don't, I don't talk about this shit when I get wasted. Why? Because it's not interesting to me to talk about wedgies. <laughs> I'm not He's in so middle school. so fucking annoying. He's so annoying. <laughs> I'm an adult. I'm an adult going. How about you being a dope for once? You fucking piece of shit! I'm gonna go on comicbook.com to be an adult and read articles! Big words! <laughs> fuck you, Spencer. That's disgusting. <laughs> I know, it would be disgusting to fuck you. You. <laughs> <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah, it's. This is true. Uh, so grossness meter. I think I think we I think we filled that in pretty well, at, at least for the start. We'll come back to it. Anyway, Icomies is very very low. Okay. Because I get them all the time, but. And that's the standard of grossness. Colin gets them all the time. They're not gross. Yeah, exactly. So I'm very clean actually. You Don't have you? A, a green thing hanging from your nose, right? You're right out. now? No, I no, 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 no. You're out walking down the street with your buddy, and he says, dude, you got something hanging from your nose. Yep. What do you do? It's plankton. What What do you do to get rid of... It's just plankton. Plankton. Hiding your nose from the cops after a band meet. <sighs> Am I the only one that gets that SpongeBob episode reference? 
Oh, I mean, come on! Jeff's gonna like that. I knew it was Spongebob. But anyway, what do you do to take care of the boogie hanging from your nose as you're just walking down the street? Snot rocket. <laughs> I like to say that, but I've never done a snot rocket in no, public. That, that's nasty. So many guys at work do that. That shit's nasty. I don't care. Maybe a snot rocket... Not even in the shower, either, because then you have to clean up. You have to find where that snot is yeah, and clean it. and wash it down, yeah. Yeah, it's gross. Um, what you do is go... Doesn't work. And then find... It just hangs there in the hair. Oh. Oh. It's a... Yeah, a little wipey wipe and yeah, flick, little... right? And a flick, yeah. Oh, always the so, flick. No, no, no. Here's my proposition. Okay. And this was presented to me by a, a wise old gentleman who... Like, didn't even say poop or anything. He said, you can't, if, if you wipe and there's accidentally something there, you can't put it on your jeans or your shirt or anything because yeah. then people will see it, right? It leaves a nice stain. So what you do is you lift your pant leg a little uh. bit and put it on the back of your sock because uh. that doesn't uh. touch anything. It doesn't spread. It just stays there until the end of the day. You throw your socks in the laundry. It's done. That's clever. But I can't help but feel like it's grosser. Why? Because it's fabric on top of fabric, where it, if you just wipe it on anywhere else, it's fabric in air. Which I get. And he claims to be a man of God. <laughs> <laughs> that That is some heinous shit How right there. How dare you tell him on that one? <laughs> that, that is some How heinous shit. How dare he shit. speak such filth? Oh, I'm bleeding. You're always bleeding, Colin. I know, it's the tongue of the month. Is it from your asshole? Oh, I wish. Ugh, that'd be so much fun. I'll be right back, boys. <laughs> that is some heinous, ungodly shit right there. Oh! I saw him pulling into a parking spot at work <gasps> this week, so I started walking up one of the lines that he was trying to park in between, so he had to stop, like, halfway through, like, who's this asshole? And I reached through the window, I'm like, give me those titties, give me those titties! <laughs> He's like, what like, the fuck? Oh, just, you know, get out of the way! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? Get out of the way. <laughs> and you guys wonder why I won't work with you. <laughs> no, hey, we I have don't. a good time. Oh, I believe worked with... That you would commit a hate crime in your first... Oh, he's so... Worked, ten but... minutes of being there. Yeah. I kind of uh, want to move on from the rambles, but we haven't had Spencer's involvement very much. <laughs> move on from the rambles? That's true. I mean, whoa, whoa, wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, the fuck? Oh! oh, that's a good one. Ah! Oh, fucker. Ah! 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 Fuck you. The best use of that meme is Peter Griffin singing the Halo theme. <laughs> You're so right. I can never beat that. Made my whole arm tingle, like my muscles. You don't have any of those. <laughs> you said it on me. You wanna go? You wanna go? You wanna go? <laughs> I will go with these forearms, bro. I will pay to watch you guys fight. <laughs> Just be us sucking each other's dicks. I mean what? <laughs> I mean what? <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, he'll just be grabbing my nipples. I mean, I'll just be slapping his ass. He's cheeks. paying, or I'll so be slapping his ass a bit. <laughs> he's paying, so we might as well give him a show. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just not be gay, and you could just take the money and run. That's true. You could put in minimal effort. <laughs> I didn't think about that. I'll wrestle you during the, the weekend away. When you're a little bit impaired. Ooh. A little wrestling. What kind of wrestling? Even the match a little bit, you know what I mean? Ooh. 
Arm wrestling was invented so men could look into each other's eyes and <laughs> hold hands without it being gay. It's the That's so thing. true. It's... It is the gayest thing. <laughs> I remember arm wrestling so often when I was a kid, because, like, you think that's, like, how you prove you're strong, but it's literally just, like... It sucks. Uh, it's, it's just... It's for you. It's just fucking wrist locking. That's yeah. all it is. So many injuries of, like, popping that... What, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't like watching the arm wrestling competitions where they go so hard that a bone pops out of their oh, arm? Yeah. You don't like watching those? That's so bad. <laughs> I saw some of those it's that said never to, again. It's nothing to do. Never, yeah, ever I again. I haven't ever since. That's not, there's nothing to do with muscles. Nothing. I am a bigger fan of the uh, Russian face slapping. Yeah! I was about to get there. Russian face slapping. This big fucking chungus who slaps you so hard you pass out or throw up. <laughs> So that's every day for you. Yeah. The problem with that is that it's literally bitch slapping. Yes. Slappers only. Slappers only. What? That was a game mode in Goldeneye, the original. Yeah, you sorry, just had I'm your not, hand I'm not, and you're I'm like, not old. <laughs> we at each other. Wow, you're old. It's freaking funny. <laughs> so Jacob, what have you been reading or consuming media? Oh, we're getting into... We're, we're moving on from the rambles already? Yeah. You, then you move into the Kenobi. Obi-Wan! Fuck! Okay, I gotta take this off. Why? Leave your pants Kenobi. Whatever, well, I feel like this is demented. Because the music's off. But yeah, you just ran around the map with no guns, looking for people... And you just <laughs> slap each other. <laughs> this is. <laughs> it wasn't very fun, but it was funny. Yeah, I'd rather try to melee enemies in Doom Eternal, where melee does zero damage. Oh, I freaking hate that so much. Please, could you like, use a sucker punch for I'm every a hit? I'm a kick ass. <laughs> Badass space marine, nah, and my punch doesn't do you can't, you any can't damage. You can't punch a zombie to death. Unlike uh, the beginning of the first game where you rip them apart right, with like your yeah. pinky. Ugh. That's the worst design choice out of that whole game. Yes, then getting rid of the pistol, but you know. Yes, I, m- I miss my pistol, but I understand why they did it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ha! Get nade. I took your stance for once. I hate this shit. Well, maybe cosplayers do Maybe like if that. you weren't on Cringedagram. Um, I'm sorry, but. Obi Wan. Kenobi. Episode 5. They flash back to Anakin and Obi Wan sharing a sword fight from, I would guess, episode 2. It's pre. Yes, era. It's, it's pre episode 2 because they both have their lightsabers from before. The, the movie. No, he had that. Uh, he had that lightsaber in episode two. Yeah, yeah, it gets destroyed in episode two. Both of them. Right. So I'm saying. Oh, that oh, era. okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's sorry. Yeah. They both lose him. So he's full ass Padawan. He's being portrayed by like a forty five year old. That's fucking awesome. It's great. Letting well, some Padawans become, uh, like some Padawans are like Padawans until like they're forty. Well, okay, that in real life. Okay, but Anakin was like nineteen when he got promoted. Shh. But the the point being, they instead of letting. You know, the computers take over the world. Uh, they let the actor act for once. Yes. Mm-hmm. Recently, they keep doing... Th- I was almost... I almost felt like a proud dad of them for being like, oh, congrats, you guys didn't waste a shit ton of money on something that's going to be horrible. 
Mm-hmm. Like, okay, congrats. Yeah, he looks a bit older. Okay. And like, why it does? Why is that? Why should that be distracting from the performance? The performance was very good for a very short scene. When you put it all together, it's like you're on a soapbox, and I don't think there's a reason why. Just calm down. It makes me happy. It was good. Calm down. Stop yelling. Lightsabers go whoosh. Don't yell at me. I like I like the fucking room. It looked good. It looked like a better version of the prequels Um, that we never got to see. A large portion of the episode didn't make sense though they show the imperial ships flying over the home base that obi-wan goes back to with leia and the the rebels and then the imperials hack it so that the roof closes and locks them all in so they have to like dig in and wait for an ambush or or onslaught or whatever you want to call it technical terms for battle um battle do battle so most of the episode they're trying to open the roof to escape but it doesn't make sense because the imperials are literally sitting right there it seems like a piss poor plan i think it's the only option but i do think that writing the characters into that corner was kind of dumb yeah and then (sighs) they're the Stormtroopers and Third Sister are hanging out outside a door that's been reinforced and literally welded shut. Um, Lightsaber go whoosh. Yeah, and she and Obi-Wan have a talky-talk until she just slices right through. What's the point of the fucking blaster guns? Yeah, they just sat there and blasted it for 20 minutes before she walks up and slices it, like, open easy. Mm-hmm. I think it's because she's a drama queen, like Anakin. It was just a lot of... There's no clear thought. It's just, like, no thoughts, head empty, I'm angry, let's do dumb shit. And it was frustrating to watch. Because <laughs> it's frustrating to watch people that are head in- empty angry. I guess. I liked the little interaction at the door, though. Um, it's not like this was a super well-hidden mystery or anything but the the yeah, it's nice that they didn't have some really really overly complicated explanation for why she knows what she knows it's just like yep nope she was a padawan and she's angry there you go i like, like that. that's it it doesn't need to be like a whole deal that was nice she was she is my apprentice my secret double secret apprentice i'm glad they didn't do shit like that i also liked the additional order 66 flashbacks mm. where we have hayden fucking killing young literally ladies. murdering children fuck yeah i i see, live for that shit I find it interesting because this this show is rated TV-14, somehow. I don't even think it really deserves that. But this episode got a content warning, a very weak one at the beginning. The sequence wasn't that distressing for me. Like, I thought mm-hmm. that Vader's entrance in a couple episodes was way worse than that. Oh, yeah. Dude. In terms of tone, anyways. So I don't, I don't think that was necessary. It's a school shooting allegory. I know. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's a very yeah. Oh! And we've had like four of those in the past two weeks. So yeah, yeah. that's relevant. It, well, it is a school shooting. Holy shit! I wouldn't say well, it's so. allegory. I would say it's a coincidence, and it just happened to be that they were putting the episode out directly after a few have happened. So that, I guess that does make so sense. So I guess I can leave it in. But I was I was about to say more like the content was there. Some viewers might find might find upsetting. Yes, me finding it very upsetting to see Hayden Christensen again. They killed you know. Colin's mommy, again. Okay, all she of Colin's like, mommies like die. All of Colin's mommies die. 
That's true. The only good mommy is a dead mommy. Um, that's what fucking Disney thinks, it seems. All the moms are always dead. Um, that's not true. Scarlet Witch is still alive. <laughs> For how long? Which is only because I told you she's still alive because you thought she died. Um, the one thing with that sequence is... Like, I like all the stuff that happens in this episode a lot, but it feels a bit dragged out, pay, like, pacing-wise. the like underbaked. Like, Tala's, like, death sequence was like, uh, like, oh, it's okay, you don't have to, like, overplay the drama on it. Like, she can just die. I liked the maybe unintentional parallels to Rogue One with the big droid, like, me being mm. a meat shield. I like that. It's a good moment. It was just, like, it's, like, 45 seconds, and it's in slow motion. It's, like... We've known her for about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to oversell it. I was excited when they finally brought back the Grand Inquisitor. And I've been going crazy trying to find his name, but apparently he doesn't that, have one. that no, he is doesn't. his name. Yeah. He's never and then had an identified name. third sister was changed from that to Grand Inquisitor. So, why? Grand Inquisitor is a title, but he's just never... He's a mysterious character who's never going to have anything revealed about him. That's the idea. Mm-hmm. Haven't we heard Third Sister's actual name? Um, yes. Reva. Reva, yeah. Some yeah. of the other siblings, we know their real name. Some of them, we don't. The Grand Inquisitor has just always been the Grand Inquisitor, so it's only been his job title. Wiggity wack, yo. Yep. I'm pretty excited to see him back in action. I want more of him. I don't know if they're going to have him, like, yeah, I'm sure actually do anything else. next episode. I think they well, might just be establishing that he recovered and yeah. leaving it alone. I That's fine by me, because yeah. then it's an open thread to follow down later but that yeah. means we get more i really liked the mild not sneakiness i like obi-wan taking the 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 much more jedi path for a few minutes that was nice um darth vader is very pissed proving that he's uh very powerful in the force he finally holds his ship. Oh, that was so good. And it then, rips it yeah, open. That was fucking amazing. felt like Wolverine ripping shit apart. Mm-hmm. It was, was like, holy crap. Yes. No no disagreement. I liked watching him just aggressively waddle through hallways. The, like, the, where is he? I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him. Fake shit. I love that. Fake out seemed dumb, though. Like, ooh, he held the wrong one down. Phew. Like, he couldn't just hold that one down, too. Like... It feels like it's it because Anakin's a drama queen, um, like and he's easily distracted and whatnot. It feels like it's almost like a fine you you know you get this one type deal because he's always doing shit like that where it's like mm-hmm. okay in theory yeah, yeah like I mean even with like the the last fight with Obi Wan it's like yeah and he could have just sped up and just absolutely obliterated. That's him. because of the drama between them though. But he's still chasing Obi Wan directly. That's what he wants. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get. He's a drama queen. Anakin's a drama, a, Anakin's queen. a drama queen. Um, the fight with um, third sister was pretty cool. I the camera work was a little rough, but the actual choreography <laughs> was decent. And it was, I, I like, like how she does that weird like on the ground hand like skipping and shit or like running like yeah. how she's like uh, slanted and shit. Yeah. I like that. I kind of like that. It gives like a weird like animalistic um, type of like survivor feel I guess it's just something different it well it gives me that feel because it's like trying to play I guess somewhat trying to play dirty or like tricks or whatever it's not like a full on like traditional lightsaber fight it's like I'm trying to go around you and shit like that right. also I, I, lo- I love how Darth Vader whenever he dodges it's something big he just like turns a little bit he's like you know, you know, 
you bitch. You know, doesn't even use his own lightsaber against her. <laughs> Come on, hit me. Come hit on, me, bro. Literally. Come on. Um, her sword, I forget if it gets wound in half or snapped no, in they half. No, di- they disconnect. They disconnect. Yeah. We've right. seen them do that Because it looked before. like he just broke it. Yeah, and it does then, look like that. That would have been cool, but no, the lightsaber is split in half. Later, it's completely intact again, and there was no connecting that you saw it on screen. That was... I think he put it thing. back together, because he got both the lightsabers back again. Because with the fight, they fought mm. with those two. I was low-key... Not low key. I was high key hoping that he was gonna fucking cut her head off. Me too. Yeah. I, like, 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 yeah. Like, I, I was hoping for that too. I literally was just like, do it. I said, <laughs> <laughs> you heard me. I'm like, yes, do it. Do it. Do it now. I get that they're trying to milk the character and keep her alive a little bit longer. Um, they're trying to milk the character for all that it's worth. And it's, I get it. It's fine. I like her, but like, all right, that's fine. You can ju- just just cut her head off, you know. But Vader's being Again, a drama. But it's Vader, drama. Being, it would have been dramatic. Drama. I mean, it's true. But Vader also being like, "I'm only gonna impair you and stab you in like your kidney," <sighs> is also very dramatic. It's like I'm gonna leave you, but we know you're gonna live. Haha, you're gonna piss funny colors. Exactly. Um, they're going back to tattooing at some point, obviously, in the next episode. Yep. Well, obviously, Obi-Wan has to end up there anyways. Oh, that was another thing. Ficken, 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 what's his face? Leia's... Dad. Dad. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I think Reva's going to go to Tatooine is the implication. As soon as he sent that message to Obi-Wan, like, I'm gonna go to Tatooine and look over Anakin so like, that oh, they that's... don't get him. It's like, why that's... don't you just paint a flaming red arrow towards... The one thing in the galaxy they're looking for. You idiot. And then that's what happens. Yeah. So I think I think Reva's gonna go there as well. And then I don't I don't I honestly don't really know. Like I don't have a lot of speculation on how this is gonna turn out. I'm fairly confident Reva's gonna die. Please don't be like, and now we get another show. Um, like, she's gonna die at some point. Uh Kenobi needs to get back to Tatooine to go back in his cave, to go back to his meat chopping. And to give Luke the damn toy. I was gonna say, he has to save Luke from the impending doom. Yeah, so like... Yeah, because it's just weird. Because Vader isn't going to Tatooine. He doesn't know about that. I I don't think... Like, Vader's not going to Tatooine. That's... That would be insanely... Didn't they say where Vader was gonna go, though? Uh... Uh, I don't remember. I mean, he's still hunting them to try to get... Kenobi, but Kenobi needs to go back to Alderaan to yeet Leia out of a fucking... Just, like, just put her in, like, an escape pod. Just be like, yeah, bye, girl. Right back into the palace you go. Um, I... I... Hmm. I think that they might it might end up being that the Vader fight comes before the Reva fight. I, I think the Reva fight might be, like, the end of the show instead of the Vader fight, because it just makes more sense, like, logistically. I don't know. I want I want fucking Obi Wan to have to kill Reva on Tatooine and then fucking bury her body and then just live with that. I want that to happen. I wanted to go back to like see this is the the first epi- like the first like two episodes really nailed the tone that I was looking for. You know, sad man, sad in desert. Mm-hmm. Sad no, t- man, no talking. Sad in desert. Yeah, like that was cool. So like I, I they need to get back to that a little bit. And I think, I think that that's how it'll finish. It'll feel like kind of like the mall fight in Rebels, which you're not up to yet. But like it'll be like that. It's like, and now I have to go bury a dead body in the sand somewhere. 
and then just go back to business as normal. I don't know. They have a lot to wrap up in one more episode. Please don't tease anything else. Please, for the love of God, don't make a second season. I've got to. Yeah, I'm gonna kill myself. Don't. We don't need any more. Make sh stop. Stop sequel baiting everything. Stop it, Jacob. What have you been doing, sir? Trying to find who wrote this stupid comic. It's probably written <sighs> on the cover. No, his last name is or. Eh, nope. That's not it. Cock and ball. Well, anyway, I read the last Marvel Max thing that I own. Damn. And should be the last thing that I own for a while, because I'm sick of the Marvel Max stuff, and I'm sure our listeners are too. I read The Destroyer, written by, or the credits on the cover say Kirkman, Walker, and Staples. Uh, I don't know who this is. I... <laughs> <laughs> this feels like a random ass story that was written up and sold to Marvel for reasons? Like, I saw no other Marvel connections in this whole story at all. No character names, nothing. I don't know who this guy is. Uh, it's some old dude that wears, like, a Green Goblin mask or something, and a skull on his chest but it's not the Punisher and he's beating up bad guys and I'm sure there's a, a commentary on how dark comics are bad kind of like what Garth Ennis and Frank Miller tried to do and it worked out that people loved that even more he's they, from timely comics holy cow he's he was there from the beginning so He's an old dude, he's about to die, and he's pretty much got a death wish, so he's trying to take out the big bads that he's been chasing all his career and kill him so that he can leave a better, brighter future for his kids. Um, his daughter... No, his son-in-law also does superheroing and helps him out, and uh, his wife doesn't know about it so it's a drama between the three of them four if you count the destroyer's wife um he's kind of a ripoff captain america judging by the publication history came out around the same time was also partially made by stan and jack weird and he has a very similar history really weird um in the last issue or two he finally dies and then he beats death and comes back yeah, and it's mostly just about you should have told me that you were a superhero. I don't know. It was kind of bland. It really just felt like a generic comic with more context that I had no idea even where to go find it. <laughs> I got it for five bucks. And each issue is four bucks. So... Heck of a savings, I guess. Dude. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Pretty freaking mediocre. That's Which sad. is pretty Most high praise for Marvel Max comics. <laughs> That's true. What the fuck is... What did you sleep with? What do you mean? I don't want to know. It's a game. It's Cards Against Humanity, but with memes. Oh, I thought that was a legit picture of some kid that you know. And I was like, why did you go to bed with that? <laughs> that would be sketch. <laughs> no. Colin, what have you been up to? Oh, fucker. 
Okay, so you said that I haven't talked about any of the um, BPRD uh, Plague of Frogs except for the first one. You talked about the first one. Okay. So give me the second one, real quick, because I am way past those. But I'm gonna try. To, I'm gonna talk about them. So recently, maybe like a couple weeks ago, I uh, read BPRD's Plague of Frogs number two. So this um, kicks off right after the first book, where the uh, Plague of Frogs began in like. Um, uh, let's see. Somewhere in America where there's churches and shit. And there's this giant fungus monster that basically birthed these frogs from this fucking cult church. And so now, we are introduced to, um, more characters such as... Let's see. such as Captain Benjamin Daimyo, who is one of our new characters. Uh, he was a United States Marine who was disguised, uh, who was distinguished, oh, sorry. Okay, so Captain Benjamin Daimyo, a United States Marine whose distinguished 13-year career ended in June of 2001 when he and the platoon he was leading were all killed during a mission. The details of his death remain classified. Exactly how it was that he came back to life is an outright mystery. So this guy is one of the new characters that uh, that fights along Roger the Humunculus. We got Abe Sapien, Liz Sherman, Dr. Kate Corrigan, and John Johan Kraus. I love Kraus because I loved him in like Hellboy Two, the movie. Johan. 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 Oh, it is Johan. Oh my gosh, Johan Kraus. I fucking love that character. I can't not think about, like, when I read his dialogue, it's just, like, whoever played or did the voice acting for Johan in Hellboy 2. But all these characters are starting to learn to, like, work better together as a team, and it's kind of, like, becoming, like, a normal, just a team fight and whatever, and we're getting more into the Plague of Frogs lore, and we're, uh, Abe is learning about himself. They have a whole new base. They moved from the Connecticut institution to somewhere somewhere north where it's mountains and shit but Abe keeps having like daydreams or like regular dreams of like his um origin so we're going deeper into that and how he's like connected to this um this scientist a part of this cult that happened in like 1800s about it's like it's somewhat connected to the plague of frogs in a way which makes sense because he is amphibious and then we have Johan, you know, looking through the files of um, BPRD, and he discovers that Daimyo is hiding something, but we don't know yet. Um, and in this book, let's see, we're introduced to a character known as the Black Flame, who creates um, this... Oh... The Black Flame, he was a part of uh, Zinko. It's always back to Zinko. Every single time, Zinko's like one of the biggest problems in the Hellboy universe. But Zinko, the CEO of that company, created this Black Flame suit that supposedly is dated back from like World War II, and he recreated it to be this like leader of the Plague of Frogs because they have a shit ton of those frogs 
the giant man frogs in like a secret lab in Zinko and he's learning to tame them and shit but eventually he gets overtaken by these fucking frogs and opens up um, a portal and shit like that um, he opens up a portal and re- releases monsters from Pretty god sure knows where that one ended with uh, another worm god basically right yep it was like, yeah, he opened up the portal, and and it's this giant fucking this guy right here. Yeah, I don't know what to even it call up. it. It's a, like it's a, it's a it's one of those giant jihad. Yeah, I think I'm saying that wrong, but it's so weird. It, it's like uh, a minor god, basically. I think. Kind of, yeah. It's it's like. The Abdru Jihad. Yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like one of those guys. Yeah. And what's cool, one of my favorite moments in this is like when Abe and all of them are going through the mission, and at one point they that like minor god is released, and the black flame dude um, is just sitting like right in front of Abe as he's waking up from this giant like explosion or whatever, and he looks at Abe and he's like, I, I think I made a mistake, and the fucking monster is just rolling it, out into the city. It goes from that to a two-page splash of yeah. the monster. It's so cool. And this is like at the point where um, people are beginning to recognize that the BPRD is existing. I loved the Black Flame because he looks so cool, but he's so upfront that he's basically like a Kylo Ren. Like He looks badass, but for no reason. He's just I know. an actor, basically. Yeah. That kind of annoys me. Yeah. Um, it's like, I wanted magic and shit. <laughs> oh, there's also this, like, uh, comic. Uh, there's, like, a single comic where it shows, like, the normal people fighting. Not normal people, but, like, normal BPRD agents. The ones that haven't, like, that aren't just the main characters. They, it, we follow them into a mission on this boat that's like abandoned shit just on, on the harbor or whatever and apparently there's frogs there and it kills them off one by one and they and it, there has to be like 10 frogs 20 and they keep thinking that and they can barely hit this thing because he keeps like hiding and moving around really fast so they can't hit him even though apparently they are told that the frogs are easy to kill you just bullets which is true but only if they're in the open but in the end when Abe comes and checks on the mission or whatever. All of them are dead, and one of them, the last guy killed the frog, but there's only one frog that killed them all. And it just shows you how like they're learning and they're adapting because they're supposed to be like the next evolution of humanity and shit like that. But that was a little scary. Uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to find one thing. This volume definitely increased in. Um quality overall because mm-hmm. it wasn't scattered among many writers and artists and stuff like they they had a better idea of what they were trying to do and it's more linear storytelling it also increases in action i think there's a lot of empty panels where you're just looking at the artwork mm-hmm. and just because it's just so many battles with frogs yeah so uh before i get into the artwork there's one thing i want to touch on roger the humunculus dies like in the second book. Yep. Like, he dies, dies. Like, yep. I know that he dies a couple times, they bring him back to life, but he's, like, done. And in the third book, uh, I'll be talking about... Mm, probably next week. Um, 
it like has a has a whole page where it's just Mike doing the art. And that's one thing I do really love about this series is that whenever there's like a big emotional point or there's like a really big um, sequence happening, Mike comes in and he does like a couple pages of the like dialogue and shit, which is so cool to see. And also to the artwork is that I I love the art in this in these series actually like it grew on me this art just works so well with how <laughs> everything is there's a bunch of different artists and stuff every now and then but it seems like it's very consistent with one art at least through the whole entire uh, series of the first four plague of frogs you know but yeah i love this i bought it for cover price um i would buy it for a little bit more if i had to i would I just love this series so much. It's so good. What was cover price again? Uh, cover price was twenty four ninety nine. So I bought it for twenty five bucks. Nice. Yeah. Thank you, good sir. Mm -hmm. Spencer, what have you done? You know how I dealt with uh, a Deathstroke No Fifty Two Omnibus like a month or two ago. Yeah, yeah, and you mostly hated it. Yeah, mostly hated it. Turns out that that wasn't even the beginning of all the New Fifty Two Deathstroke stuff. It was just the slightly better ones. Um, Excellent. Gosh, Deathstroke is such a shit character in the comics. Um, and it's funny because since you've been talking about it, I've seen a lot of comments online from just rando fans like, oh, we need a Deathstroke movie, and I'm like, oh, please no. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it, we no, do not. it just hasn't, been, even in the books, the character is interesting, but no one handles it well, or very few people do. So this was the original New 52 run. It was 20 issues uh, in 2011 and 2012. Uh, so this is two different uh, trade paperbacks. Uh, the f just on... on um, across the board, there's just a bunch of different artists and writers. No real plan. Um, so it was written primarily by Kyle Higgins, Justice Jordan, uh, Rob Liefeld, and Joshua Williamson. Oof. With pencils by Joe Bennett, Rob Liefeld, and Edgar Salazar. Uh, the writing pretty much across the board is all bad. Um, I like Kyle Higgins and Josh Williamson a lot, mostly in recent day. And Williamson has returned to Deathstroke. He is currently writing it, and apparently it's at least good. But, oh, really? Yes. Um, but it... Uh, this was, like, the definition of New 52. It's not... It, it's a slight retcon... Even though the character still has history that's acknowledged from before the wipe, it's big, it's loud, it's brass, it's in your face. He basically has an Iron Man suit. It's so big and clunky. None of the action is coherent. Just, ew, there's no plan here. This, this was clearly a, shit, we need to have a Jetstroke book for our, our company-wide reboot. We need to get someone on this. So, Rob Liefeld was the artist. Did you have a running foot tally? No. Why? Because I was just trying to get through it. Oh. Uh, none of these individual stories make that much sense together. There's an arc about um, Slade not liking working with young people because they're disrespectful and they don't know what they're doing and, and whatnot. He's too, he sexualizes them too much? No. Um, and he ends up killing like a task force or whatever, and then one of those young people's parents decides to put a hit out on him so it, it it's such a dumb plot line uh it gets involved with his son um 
Joseph, the older son, who was Ravager, kind of. This this story is just all ass. Um, it simultaneously wants to be cool and edgy, and the art really shows that off, but it's not coherent. It's not even not deep. There's just nothing here. It's it's not even it's not even like consistently surface level. It's just kind of pathetic. Uh, the art on a rare occasions is okay. Sometimes there's some decent like panel layouts or uh, some like good like frames basically like good posing, but most of it is dumb. The designs are trash just across the board. Like I said, he's wearing basically an Iron Man suit, but he's still somehow an uber fast ninja man, but he's also really big and clunky looking and all of his enemies are brightly colored in purple and green and yikes. Um, every single time there's a Deathstroke story, the origin gets rebooted and re retconned again. Uh, and this guy's just way too powerful. In like the sixth or seventh issue, he goes to space to hunt Lobo. What? Nice. Like, it's a cool idea. Now I'd be fine with that, but this quote-unquote rebooted new version of Deathstroke, it's like right off the bat, he's already killing dozens of mercenaries and going to space. He's getting hired by aliens to kill Lobo. It's like, like Lobo can kill the Justice League. This is not... Yeah. This is overpowered for this early in a run. Right. Uh, and the action is just really, really fucking stilted, and that's my biggest problem with the art is... It just doesn't flow. The panels are jumpy. The artists all have vaguely similar art styles, so it just feels like a mess. This thing legitimately feels like it was put together in an afternoon. Thankfully, uh, it ended at 20 issues, and the next renumbered version was a, a decent increase, at least in terms of art. Uh, so I bought each one of these books for about $25 on eBay because they're out of print and harder to get a hold of. I can't imagine why. Um... And their cover price, it's, I believe, like, 16 to $20 each. They're 10 issues a pop, so they're kind of thick. Um, so I didn't buy them for that much above cover price. I will probably never read them again, but they will stay on my shelf. Um, if these are on the clearance rack, maybe pick them up. Maybe just flip through them to see if there's anything cool in it. Like, there's these are... I think the worst books I've read so far this year. And we're only halfway through the year, but still. Well, it's appropriate because this is the last show of the season, so... Yeah, that's rough. Hit that reboot button like DC, am I right? Ugh, every six months we gotta reboot it. Jacob. Hello. What, what else have you been doing? Alright, this is a chonky one. I read the Matrix comics. Uh... I want to say directed by the Wachowskis because they... All right, so they were the editors-in-chief. Um, so all these comics went before the Wachowskis and they were like, yep, that's good. Um, it was really cool because the introduction to this book explains where these comics came from. <clears throat> they were all posted for free on the Matrix website after the first movie came out. So it was 1998, and <laughs> the Wachowskis thought to have comics online. It was, like, some of the first comics online, apparently. Wow. So, yet again, the Wachowskis were ahead of the curve in technology. Freaking weird, man. Uh, there's a lot of 
different artistic teams for these 28 stories. Jeez. So, a lot of names that you'll recognize if I can find the table of contents. Hold, please. You got your Neil Gaiman, <gasps> your Dave Gibbons, <gasps> your Paul Chadwick, Whoa. your Tim Sale, Ooh. your Carr Andrews, or Care Andrews. I don't, still don't know how to say that person's name. I'm sorry. Yeah, me neither. Um, Spencer Lamb. There's just so many people <laughs> involved in these 28 comics. A lot of people at work were asking me about this book as I was reading it uh, and what the stories are about. It's basically like the Animatrix, where each episode is its own freaking thing. It can be anywhere in the Matrix. It just has to be mildly Matrix-related. I don't want to say mildly Matrix. It's, it's definitely related to the Matrix, but it has... A lot of them have nothing to do with Neo or Morpheus or Trinity. It's just random places in the Matrix. And some of it is just people discovering the Matrix. And some of them take the red pill and jump in and become part of the rebellion or whatever. And some of them take the blue pill and hate their lives. Like, that's literally a story. One person finds the Matrix and says, nah, I don't want that. And lives the rest of their life wondering if there's something else out there. Like, <laughs> it's pretty weird. The... Artwork is all over the place for every issue. I almost didn't get this book because it, just flicking through, it's like, wow, that's ugly. Wow, that's interesting. What the heck is that? Like, Neil Gaiman's story is literally just a book. <laughs> it's just, like, straight writing, and there's a couple illustrations in it, but it's like... Let me find it for you. It's funny. Nerd. Oh wow, that is oh that is just a straight typical yeah. Neil Gaiman. That's what I'm saying. What the fuck? <laughs> it's not even a comic. It's just a a, a piece of a book. <laughs> That's so weird. It's funny. Um, a lot of these stories didn't really have an impact on the overall Matrix lore. I guess it was just fun headcanon games. I guess. Is, is the best way to describe it. It's fun to think about. It's a good idea. It doesn't really go anywhere. It just sparks something in your imagination. It gives you something fun to think about for the rest of your day. Um, there were one or two stories that really were ugly and it was hard to look at, and I'm sorry, but <laughs> it's got to be said. A bunch of them were really cool, though. There were s several that were, like, just black and white, and uh, one of them, I think, was, like, charcoal... One of them was just inking, like this one is wicked cool. Right in the beginning, uh, a robot becomes sentient and has to figure out how to live life, and it's all in black and white, and it's pretty cool. Um, it's hard to sit down and read this book. You can basically just do two or three stories at a time, and you got to move on to something else. Because it is just it's better imagination fodder than a book to read. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, I can get that. Uh, cover price is 40 bucks. I'm pretty sure I got it for 20 or 25. So, worth it. Wow. Yeah. Nice. 
I'm pretty sure this is the 20th anniversary of these comics coming out, and that's why they released it. It had been in, like, a paperback or two, but it wasn't everything. This book is everything that was published, so very fun. Very nice. You should read, because you're a Matrix nerd. I don't know about you. Maybe. Mm. I I probably won't read it. I don't think you would like it, because it's so scattered. But maybe your your ADHD AF would love it. I, I honestly don't know how you would like it on this one. Stories, I don't like scattered stories with ADHD brain. ADHD brain is weird. I need I need order. It's I know it doesn't make sense, but I feel like my ADHD brain makes me feel like I need order, so yeah. things need to be organized. Need something to it's balance just, I can't out be your ADHD. I can't be organized. Right. I want things to be organized, yeah. though. I get yeah, that. that's how it works. Yeah, so you won't like this book, then? Nope, I will not. Did you read American Gods, the comic? It's I on your shelf. Um, kind of bored. Okay. Kind of don't like it. Okay. What else have you been doing, sir? Um. So I've been reading... A question. Yeah, I need a question. Nailed it. Because I can't talk about the other stuff I actually have been reading yet. Why do you have three boxes of issues? Where did those all those single issues come from? Were those from uh, What's-Her-Face calling you over because somebody died? Or was it just you buying single issues? Yes. Wow. So what single issues did you buy? Because I don't want to get into the other thing. Okay, so the single issues that I bought... Um, it's also single issues that I got from my uncle growing up. So some of those comics in there are my first ever comics I've ever owned. Nice. Like um, what? Like Batman Shaman. I think you've talked about that one before. Yep, that one's the one of the original ones that got me in Batman. Batman Venom, of course. Yep. Um, and then like Ultimate Spider-Man, but those ones are kind of scattered. But um, the ones I have bought myself are Curse of the White Knight. Of course. Not all of them, though. I accidentally got a double of number seven Oof. by accident and so I'll never be able to get finish that again because I'm not going to go online and try to finish it because I already have the book so it doesn't matter right any getting, of those signed um I think all of them dang for sure all of them are signed those will be worth money yeah I think so oh yeah uh, uh yeah those, those are all signed um I have uh Beyond the White Knight of course all the new ones of with course. uh two, two of each or one of one of each um yeah, two of each issue, so that means that, like, different issues. One of each issue. cover. Yeah, one of each cover and yeah. shit like that. M- most of those are signed. I have two recent that aren't signed. Dang. Sadly. Uh, fuck Spencer for uh, getting the ones that were signed. <laughs> um, Sorry, I just get there first. Fuck you, I had to wait for my paycheck. So, I also have Hellboy, um... Bones of Giants, I'm pretty sure it's called. Ooh. Uh, it's one of the new ones that uh, Matt oh. Smith worked on. Yeah, yeah. Those those two pictures are are the covers, or two of the covers from that. I I think I was there when you found those and like tracked them. Yeah, around. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and you have, have you read those yet? Yeah, I did, finished that a while ago. Did you talk about them? I yeah, don't think you did. I did. I did. I did. did. I did. It was. Just, I think it was just a you and me day. Oh. It was just a me, me and you day, and I talked about them. So that's why I wasn't listening. Yeah, I remember. Um, wait, were you there? No, I remember listening to okay. it. Okay, so I have those, and um, so, some of the very small single issues that um, Daniel Warren Johnson gave me at Free Comic Book Day. Nice. Yep. Uh, and then 
think a bunch of like, oh, Rebirth Batman when Rebirth was in issues. I have like the first six, I think. Uh, just kind of a bunch of scattered. But my favorite ones are the Curse of the White Knight, yeah. uh, Beyond the White Knight, and the, the collectible Hellboy. ones. Yeah. Yeah. And the Hell Hellboy. Oh, oh, Defenders and Daredevil and Radioactive Spider Gwen. Those were all the first ones that I got. Radioactive Spider Gwen? Yep, that was like the the next series. That's the next series after her first series. It was like the next chapter. There's like Spider Gwen and then there's um uh what's it called? Radioactive Spider Gwen. I used to have um Spider Gwen's first appearance in issue. And I gave it away to an ex. Because she loved Spider Gwen so much. That thing's like worth way more. That's that, reason that, for divorce right there. Yeah. That thing's like 700 bucks, I think. Dang. It's a lot. It wasn't like... It wasn't Spider-Man number zero. It was... Yeah. Into the Spider-Verse, that issue of her first appearance. Yep. It's fucked. But yeah. Um, bunch of those. Daredevil 2. Give me your name. I'll hook up with her just enough to get the book back. She would not like you. Alright. Spencer, what else have you done? Uh, so... Alright, I'm going to cram these two into one. Oh, uh, yeah? Well, I'm not going to ask Colin another fucking question. Oh, uh, yeah? And drag it out to three. I had another one for three, though. Oh, let me three. do three and Colin can shove. Episode. Oh, jeez. So, uh, okay. So I read um, DC's 2022 Pride uh, anthology. I knew you were going to. Dude, this is I the last. I knew la- you were going to. This is of the course. last episode that, that's going to be released in June, so I have to get it done today. Um... So it's an anthology collection. They started doing these last year. I talked about last year's. I, yep. I quite enjoyed it. it it's it, like any anthology. It's a hit or miss on each individual story. So this one includes stories uh, for uh, uh, Alicia bleh, Alicia Yo, uh, who is Batgirl's roommate and and Batgirl, uh, the new Aquaman, Jackson Hyde, uh, the one of the more recent Green Lanterns, who I have zero familiarity with, uh, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, of course, uh, the Ray. Uh, the most recent Superman, so Jonathan Kent, uh, Tim Drake, and then there's also a multiversity story, um, and a couple of other things, as well as kind of the big thing was a, uh, story written by, um, oh my word, words, Kevin Conroy, uh, which was like a, it was, it was basically a short biography. Um, so this was a little bit more up and down in comparison to last year. Last year, there were stories in it I didn't like, but they were fine. This year, the art feels like it's consistently of a lower bar. Um, a lot of these like creative teams aren't the ones who are doing the runs for these characters right now, and I think that's one of the reasons why they feel so weird. Like, there's... We just finished up a Aquaman miniseries for Jackson Hyde, and then the team that did, that just did this one is not the team that was just writing him. Same thing with the uh, Superman and the Tim Drake issues. It's like this... Both of these people have ongoings, or Tim's getting one, and it's like, it just it feels really weird. The Superman story in particular is like almost offensively bad, but it, it's just way more hit or miss. Last year, I was like, stuff I'm like, this uh, is just a character I don't really like, like, whatever. Uh, this year just, it it felt really rushed. Um, I don't know why they knew it was coming, but whatever. What do you mean by offensively bad? Um, 
the characterization is really out of left field. The art is not good, and like for Superman, the okay, this is a little bit of a tangent. I'm just gonna go off and get no, it out. Go for I'm it. just gonna get it out of my system. Uh, it's the first story in the book, mm-hmm. and it's it, it involves cool idea of like um, stretchy. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Kent is like inviting Damien to like go to a pride event with him because like they're friends, and he mm-hmm. wants to like bring his friend to like hang out. And Damien's being Damien about it. He's like, yeah, I got, like, smoke bombs and whatever. And it's like... And then Superman, uh, fucking, you know, Jonathan is going off and it's like, it doesn't need to be a riot anymore. And it's like, it's very weird. The tone is like... Damien's done his research and he knows about, like, Stonewall. Do you guys know what Stonewall is? No. It's like the first major Pride event. It was a whole big deal. It was a, it was a literal riot. Like, it was insanely bad. The... <sighs> It was, there were literally people getting, like, shot in the streets. It was bad. Ooh. Shit's getting deep. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's just this weird tone of, like... Trying to make a joke out of it? No, not really making a joke. More like, Damien is being... the. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very political thing. It's Damien is being what the writer considers paranoid and, like, over-prepared when it's, like, in reality, that still happens. Mm-hmm. People still get, like, assaulted by cops at these events and stuff like that. It's, like, you can just... It was weird. And there is a, it's just, it's just a weird issue. So what you're saying is, it was too political for you. No, I'm saying the, oh. no, 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 no. I'm saying the writer doesn't know dick. That's the problem. <laughs> Let me have my joke. Yeah, I know. Um, anyways, that was just, that one was like really bad. Uh, the Aquaman one was pretty nice. It's just Aquaman going on a, on a date. That's it. Uh, the Batgirl story with um, Alicia Yo, her roommate, I thought was really nice. It's just her basically saving Batgirl. Um... Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy are the best, so that was, like, probably the standout here. I like the Tim Drake story. It wasn't anything special. Basically, Tim Drake is going to Pride with his boyfriend, and his, he baked him a cake. And because he's, he's like, late or whatever, he's in the Robin outfit, but he's just trying to, like, get somewhere. Mm-hmm. So there are villains attacking him, thinking this box is, like, a bat tool or, like, a supercomputer. And it's like, nah, it's just a cake, you fucking idiots. It was, it was kind of weird. Um, and then the, the really big part, uh, which I think was why most people end up buying the whole issue, is the last 25%, maybe, uh, is Kevin Conroy's story. It's a, it's a biography about his career as an actor in Hollywood, and his personal upbringing, and his family life, and all of that stuff. Um, it, it's very touching. The art is really simple. It's, like, not really sketches, exactly, but they're very simple characters, uh, it's all, like, blue-white. There's no coloring on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just about how Kevin had never, because of how... Because he was an adult during, like, the AIDS crisis. So how all of that affected Hollywood, and there are, like, people you know dropping off left and right, and people are losing their jobs and their roles and blah, blah, and all of that stuff, and how he, like, never felt like he could... He never figured out how to, like, balance his personal life with his work and how to, like, feel like himself, basically. And then it's, it ends up with him getting this role that he, for a character he has, like, no familiarity with. It's just, it's Batman, it's a kid's Yo. cartoon, whatever. And when he finally starts connecting with the character, it does this really nice, like, comparison for a few panels of, like, stuff in his life that's visually similar to this Batman thing. And, like, whatever. It's like a... He can actually connect with the character on, like, a performance level, so he's able to actually imbue it with his own experiences, like an actor. It's just this really nice, touching thing. It doesn't end with him saying, oh, I'm Batman. It's it's like, the, it just, there's the final panel is the the model for Kevin um, being lit and shaded 
like Batman the Animated Series. Like, <laughs> the way, you know when Bruce Wayne's, like, in the shadows, mm-hmm. and he has, like, the weird, like, shadow lines on his cheeks, and, like, whatever? It looks like that, and it was re- it's really touching. Um, it also has many slurs in it, so that's very spicy. Ooh. The book has a warning page before it, because it's the last one. Because it's a very, very family-friendly book otherwise. So it's like all the way, it's like this big full page, like, hey, this is someone's personal experience, but it is uncensored. There are slurs here. He's not using the slurs. No, he's, okay. re- no, he's recounting. against him. No, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's recounting experiences from his life. It, is, it was very touching. Um, it seems like an odd thing to throw in this issue, though. Like, it, what do you it mean? doesn't seem to have a whole lot to do with LGBTQ pride? Kevin's gay. I didn't know that. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's I what I mean. <laughs> but you didn't talk about him talking about that. I thought you knew we've all talked about this before. Okay, I thought you knew that. You were talking about his career. Like, no, he this was is kind of weird to throw in a pride thing. No, no. Kevin Conroy has been a pretty openly gay man his entire life, so he's like, as an actor in Hollywood back then was that very, makes, very yikes. That makes far more sense. So he's, yeah, so he's getting, like, phone calls, being like, hey, you didn't tell us about this thing, now they don't want to give you the role type, like, yeah. No, it's really nice. It, it The tonal shift is a lot, though. Um, on the whole, I paid, I paid 10 bucks for this. It's in the nice little baby paperbacks, which are really fragile, but they look nice on a shelf. So I walked through Newbury Comics the other day, and they had... I don't know if it was last year's or this year's or both. I don't know. I didn't look too closely Describe at it. Describe the cover. But it was in the same format that the Black, White, and Blood comics are coming out in. The really tall yeah. and kind of wide. Mm-hmm. So. I did not get that one. I thought that was kind of interesting. That's kind of nice. I got the... Um, I thought you might like... I do not remember the artist's name, and that makes me feel very bad. She's very popular right now. But there, it's. I got the... I couldn't find the, the main cover because... With any sort of anthology book, it's all variant covers. Um, when I got the the Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy variant cover, it's very nice. I paid ten bucks for it. It was nice to read for like a little bit. I'm probably not gonna go back to it except the last story. It's a little bit lesser than last year's, but such is life. Jacob, what the fuck else have you been doing? Um, I think you can double up on me with this one. I listened to <gasps> oh. Batman Unburied. Oh! Fuck! I haven't finished that. What? I just, on my way to work, I just listen to music. I just haven't listened to yeah, it. I did it uh, this week. Just talk about it. Definitely. To and from work. Fuck! It came out uh, this year. Yes, it did. I haven't, I haven't talked about this yet. I was waiting. I was fucking waiting. I'm trying I'm to sorry. find... It's all your fault. It is my fault. It's just like talk about blue, it. It's Blue Door Productions or something. Wolf at the Door. Yeah. I heard it enough times. <laughs> Seriously. Um, and Cheetos. What? Yeah, and Cheetos. Did you not get the Cheetos ads all over it? No, there were no ads. What? I didn't have any ads listening to it. You listened to it on Spotify, right? Yeah. Weird. I didn't have a single ad. That was very... What? They have ad breaks in the show. Yeah, I heard them, but I didn't get a single ad. That's weird. Did you download it and then listen to it without what? I streamed it, and I'm a free member, or a free freaking user. That's so weird. Anyways, that's... Bizarre. I was wondering about that. I was like, this is freaking awesome. There's no commercials through this. No, there was Cheeto ads. Um, it was all Cheetos. There's a lot of big names in this production, including Gina Rodriguez, Lance Riddick, and uh, John Reese davies being just some of them. Oh, it's so stacked. 
every freaking voice in this show is perfectly cast. There's just... There aren't... uh, 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 There isn't a huge list of characters. It's not like... uh, So, it's not like Game of Thrones big. No. But there's enough, and it's like every voice is perfect. It's like, oh, he's such a good voice. Oh, she's got such a nice voice. Like, everyone... It was nice and distinct, too. That was the, the part that makes it easier for me. is Because I'm used to listening to audio dramas as a kid. Exactly. And it's like, and it was actually, aside from, like, the general production, it was like, I can tell who's talking at all times. Right. That's what I, I was trying to tell my dad. Like, I don't know if you'll like the story or not, but this is like listening to Adventures in Odyssey. Hi, this is Chris. Welcome to Adventures in Odyssey. All over again, That's or a name or, drop, or radio theater, or whatever exactly. else. Exactly, it's it's so good. Uh, it, they call it a podcast during all the credits and stuff, but it, it's legit like radio theater instead. It's so good. Um, we read the news announcement about this Ages a long ago. time. It ago. It was announced like three yeah. years ago, and I bitched at the time because Bruce Wayne was the not mortician, but Forensic and he deals with dead people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dead people, forensic guy. And I was like, this is dumb. They just keep changing Bruce Wayne's story into something else, kind of like they do the Sherlock Holmes. I don't like that. There's a reason for it. I love what they did with I'm it. I'm not going to get into it. No. But while my point is still valid, they, this did it very well. I like the fact that it got me hooked. I would have been okay if the whole story had stayed like that. I could have but, looked over it. It's still annoying. But I like the fact that that's what drew me in, and then it justified itself. Instead yes. of just being, it's like, that's what he wishes he was doing, basically. Yeah. And it's like, that is way more interesting than just, because at first when it, the, the twist started coming, I was like, Oh, so it is a straightforward Batman story. Never mind. And then it got, and then it gets weirder. And then it was yeah, like, yeah. okay, never mind. This is safe. It was just that little bit right in the middle where I was like, oh, this could go downhill really fast, and it didn't. It nailed it. So, the first episode, I listened to it while I was like playing a game or something, and I missed a couple of things. I was like, that's kind of weird. I gotta go back. So I gave it a month, and I went back and listened to it again. And I'm glad I did because it clarified what I heard. And there were twists that I'm like, all right, I know where that's going. But there are also some freaking twists in the story There's that come out of left field. And it's like, where the heck did that come from? I appreciate the fact that usually that's something where it's annoying or like it feels like they it's like we're just pulling twists to pull twists like there's no way you could have figured this out i didn't feel the desire to figure out the story yeah i just wanted to listen to it and see where the hell they were taking me so there's one point where insert villain's name here is describing their plan and uh, a good character says why would you do that to gotham and villain says you're not thinking big enough. And I said it with villain, the whole world! And it was just so goofy and fun. It it sounds dumb, but it was enjoyable. It's weird, because it does, for the most part, take a fairly adult tone to it. You know, they say fuck. Yeah. You know, it's pretty, it's got some serious stuff. And it, it, there's some moments that are like, 
pretty disturbing. But then there's a couple goofy things, and it just, it's... So... It's fun! Mwah. Just let it have fun. Just have fun with it. I, I had a lot fun of fun. Fun is with fun. It. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. You, so you know that thing that I sent in the group chat that I was like, this thing is really weird? No. No. Wow, that, yeah, that's, sorry, that is really big. I mean, there's a couple of those. So, because you have the one twist, which, you know, you have, like, the big, like, the mid-twist thing. Yep. And then that was when I was like, eee. And then they, it kept going, and then it got better. And then you had other twist, which I had <laughs> no idea about at all. But I was like, like, that, I really liked that. Because I was gonna be disappointed if it remained at stage two. I was annoyed that I didn't guess stage two. I was like, ah, I should have had that one. Man, the the oh, the casting really does help with it, though. They all like I, even the people who I recognize and who have very distinct voices. None of them come across like, oh, I remember that person from this thing. They all fit the roles really well, and it's like, oh, if I looked up the name and then I look at them, like, oh, I can hear that. But beyond that, they all really nailed it. It's kind of funny because there were a bunch of voices I. I didn't know the actor or actress, so I was making up my my personal image of the character or using, you know, past books or movies or whatever. And then all of a sudden there's Lance Riddick <laughs> or, or John Reese davies <laughs> It's like, oh, that's Gimli as this guy. <laughs> I didn't hear that. That's the thing is I knew I knew that John Reese. I don't, know, Reed... any of the act- I don't know, know any of the voice actors in this or I probably would if I like if you, if you gave me like Gimli, I know who that is, but like. Outside of that, I don't think I heard any, like, I couldn't distinguish any of them, at least for me. That's that's the thing, it's like, I knew who it was going to be ahead of time, and I knew the role he was playing, and I forgot. Like, I listened to it, and I looked it up again, I was like, oh, okay, that makes more sense now. Like, it just, I don't know, and even if you balance the the higher tier, more big names, with the smaller people, none of it feels, no one's, like, outperforming anyone else. They're all very well-balanced in terms of performance and, like... Speaking of balance, my biggest complaint is that <sighs> there were a couple of weird audio balances. One person was really loud, and then one person was like, I this did notice those. in the same conversation. That it was, was like, <sighs> that was really difficult to deal with. Uh, it only came up a few times, but it, it was very annoying when it was happening because I was usually listening like at work while I was cleaning or whatever. Yeah, and I was, was listening in my car, so it gets could also really obvious. have been that I had the windows down and I had to <laughs> roll them up to try to hear it better, but it still didn't fix it perfectly. Yeah, sometimes the spatial effects didn't work out yeah. right. But a lot of the, just the individual sound effects and whatnot were like done very well. And the thing with the the new quote-unquote villain, I like the fact that the story didn't undermine the fact that he's not the big bad. That's not really a surprise to anybody. Um, I, I really like that character. I like what they did with him. But the, the one sequence where he's do you know, the, it's so hard to talk about this and not spoil it. It's like the fourth victim and he's, yeah, 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 yeah. Shitting. Oh my gosh. I got yeah. chills and I wanted to go like it, clean myself. It, it was, was so gross. There was a sequence that is extremely gory and the sound effects do not leave much to the imagination. And you're no. just sitting there, stuck listening to it. And it it's so, so disgusting. And they do that multiple times. And it that's was, what I mean. Like, even the uh, the sequence in episode... I think it's episode two, maybe three, where they're in the manor... Not the manor. Bruce's house. Um, 
just that sequence at the with the yeah. that was really creepy. I don't know if it was just really good acting or if it was the timing. I was at work. It was broad daylight, and I was like, <laughs> I'm getting creeped out right now. <laughs> yeah, that was impressive. Uh. My last positive thing to say about this, I guess my last thing to say about this that is a positive, is that just the opening tune, it's raining. Oh, I love it. And they're playing slow jazz. Can you say Big Pee-Pee? Oh, Big Pee-Pee. Oh my god! I love I do love the music. Just I love how much they music. use it too. It's it, sex tape. They keep they reuse it all the time. It's like I don't care the no. the way they've reinvented a few times. They do some different instruments. the The music is so good. I was surprised. At the end of the show, the last scene has Bruce Wayne uh, solve a mystery Mm. to catch a villain that had escaped. Mm. I honestly thought they were going to leave that open for season two, or like try to make a season two, or just leave it open in general, and they didn't. They closed, they closed it, it completely. That made me so happy. That was one of my, that was I think one of like my favorite scene of the entire series it, was the last like five minutes. It wasn't a negative either. It was done well. It was just surprising that there's like nothing bait. left for sequel bait. Nope. It's like yeah, they could write another story because there's so many other villains to use, but this story is complete. <laughs> I appreciate when stories actually cl- complete themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Heckin' sick man. I really I really like this one. Fucking. Mm. Are there any other productions like this on Spotify? Not yet. Uh, like, it doesn't have to be comic related. I don't know. Oh, no, there's stuff like this on Spotify. I, I don't know the, the producer. Uh, Mark Clare d- has done a couple of things. I, I actually, I have a couple recommendations, because there's two oh, that boy. I've listened to that I think are really good. Uh, so... It's called Gaslight by Q Q Code. This one's really good. By Q Code as well, The Edge of Sleep. Markiplier's the main character in it. Wow. As in Markiplier or as in the man? Is it Is a voice? The He's baby? a voice. Oh, okay. He, he does have a voice of gold. Yes, he does. It's really good. There's about... I love the self-justifying mechanisms that Unburied has for the fact that we need to hear people talk. They did the whole you can't see what's going on thing really well without making everything exposition. Like, I was really impressed with that. It's like, oh, we have audio files. Oh, we have recordings. Oh, he talks to himself. Oh, this guy talks into a recorder. It's like, oh, the... in, in, so you get the fleshed out bits. Batman's AI felt a little bit forced. That one was kind of weird. I wasn't huge on the Alexa thing, basically, yeah. but... it. I think Batman's been... It's been in like most stories for like a very long time now so I don't think we can really get away from that it's kind of inevitable but everything else was I just like it when it's a digital Alfred so this is I I do really like this as far as I am right now and this is probably too early to say but I do really enjoy Unburied but so far I enjoy the HBO Max audio Batman the audio uh, the it's like a not like a parody it's like a a it's just a campy... It's like the 60s one. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's There's like only that. two episodes of it, and they dropped it like a year ago. I don't know what the hell's two going on Two episodes? With yeah, there's only like two of them. No, even. no, there's not. There's more than two episodes on HBO Max. There's a whole series. Oh, okay, they only put the first two episodes on Spotify, yes. and the rest from my... Ugh. Yes, I know. That's the that's that's gay. Part. No, the whole show... You, have you not listened to the whole thing? I only got through the first episode. <gasps> oh, shit! I liked it. It was just... Oh, shit, no, it's so good! 
It is actually so good. It's so fun. It's it's yeah. not like good as in there's like big things or whatever. No. But it I is remember, so fun. I, know, I remember when that one got announced too. And yeah. I think they're gonna do more at some point. That do something that isn't. There, there is they do they do sequel bait a little bit with oh, like gosh. a Harley Quinn. Ugh. But that's it. Nothing huge. But, I was wondering about that too, because it's like how how are you supposed to listen to that? On the HBO Max app as you're driving in the car. I'm assuming you can... I mean, it's Do like, you have to leave your phone unlocked? Um, Probably, yeah. That's dumb. That it is dumb. No, it is dumb. I, I completely agree. But also, like, the visuals are really cool. That's they, why... They do show visuals. People use Spotify. Yes. Um, I listened to that whole thing while building, like, my custom Batcave. Yeah, yeah. And that was actually such a fucking help. Because when you're building Legos, and, like, you're trying to make a good, like... This is stupid, but if you're trying to make a good Lego Batcave, you have to, like, indulge in the campiness. Yeah. Otherwise, the Lego just feels boring. That's why the giant penny is in every single Batcave. I love the giant penny. Yeah. You have to have the giant penny, the giant card, and the T-Rex. Yes. Those are, like, the three Also, they acknowledge those in Unburied, and that was nice. Thank oh, you for cool. listening to the last episode of Season 2 of Dime. We're not Dime. Bro- yeah, we are. Oh, we are. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. You just did three. With you two. Yeah, Fine. we're good. The last episode of season two of Dime Comic Bros. Do not be afraid. We are coming back for a season three. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been confirmed for season three. Yeah, Let's got, go. Yeah, we got renewed. Yes. By renewed. my mom. Got green <laughs> By my mom. <laughs> uh, thank you to our patron saint, Jeff Lorenz. He is a super cool dude. We love Jeff. Jeff loves us. We love our Saint Tain. We will be spending our entire first episode of season three, maybe? That's, it's that's not technically a numbered episode. Next week... That's th- weird. Next week, we will be hanging out with Jeff on a phone call, of course. Um, and we are going to be discussing his most recent comic publication, as well as chatting him up and probably making him answer some inappropriate questions. Nice. Uh, the usual sort of stuff. Uh, have a little bit of a Q&A with him, because he is our only remaining patron. You guys are all cowards. And um, he made a super cool comic book. And that is very true. If you would be, if you would like to be super cool like Jeff Lawrence, please go over to patreon.com forward slash dimecomicbros. We have three different tiers, lots of cool rewards from each, some of those rewards being artwork done by Colin, uh, access yes, yes. to Patreon special audio bits, things that are too spicy to leave in the episode that can be attained by the general public, or uh, our mostly weekly show, Happy Hour, which is just something that we do almost every week. After the episode, we talk some more. It's pretty much just rambles. Um, sometimes it's a business meeting, which is honestly kind of boring. Sometimes uh, it's about foreskin and sometimes it's about legos and sometimes it has nothing to do with comics usually no yeah uh but it's us just deflating from the pressing life of podcasting oh yeah and just talking until we can't talk anymore we're just done uh as well as stickers you can also get oh, stickers. Yeah. Stickers. We will stickers. also be getting updated stickers very soon for the launch of season three. So keep stay tuned for those. Only one person is going to be getting those stickers because no one else will give us any money. You'll also be getting a bookmark. Yes, and we'll also be putting up bookmarks and all sorts of other fun stuff. So you know, keep your eyes open and your ears and your mouth. 
peeled. Thank you to our sponsors, Jetpack Comics and Games in downtown Rochester, New Hampshire. They have games and comics. We've done that joke so much, but... It's so dead. Yeah, we can't come up with any other jokes. Jetpack... Ooh, we should make Jetpack jokes. I think I made a couple of those. Yeah, we should bring those back. Anyway. Uh, Most recently, Jetpack, uh, the crew of Jetpack actually got put on the cover uh, of the one of the variant covers for Daniel Warren Johnson's most recent publication do a power bomb that's so fucking cool like most of the crew is now immortalized on a comic book it's freaking awesome that's a, an absolute dream come true Colin did you rip did you rip again no Whew. somebody shit it in his pants and it I wasn't sh- him uh, yeah. I shit it in your pants whoa um it jetpack is like you walk in for the first time and you're like wow this is kind of tiny but it's like you're not going to see everything. It's stacked floor to ceiling. There's stuff hanging from the roof. It's like, I've been going for years now, and I still find something new in there. Oh, yeah. It's freaking nuts how much stuff they can cram in there. So please, check them out. Yes, and tune in next week on all of the various audio platforms and YouTube and all the fun stuff. We'll be getting a whole bunch of new shenanigans going on. Uh... Thankfully, the format is not changing. Thank God. Not yet. I think we got most of that out of our system. Most of it. Uh, We will also be talking about the finale of Kenobi next week. So that'll be very spicy. Um, Go visit our website at dimecomicbros.com. That will also be getting updated with all of the brands spanking new artwork and whatnot next week. So that'll be fucking cool. I got a lot of work ahead of me. (laughs) If there is a basement dweller out there, just super cool hacker man please start our fandom yes we just, would appreciate it yeah, just, it'll make life easier for me it, it is difficult for us to keep track of our own lore yeah we need some we need to refer back to someone yes. before we can craft if our jokes to see if we're, we can make that joke in the context of this reality if you are a professional lorist and are interested in a new job please email us at dimecomicbros at gmail.com we will pay you in um, love and affection and stickers yes I wonder if Elvis is going to end with him overdosing after taking a shit. Yeah, I highly doubt it. It it seems to be very much so a very fantastical reimagining of events. Mm. So that can go one way or another. Yeah, not interested. If it's it's super obvious, if there's a point to it, then maybe it's interesting. If it's like about the mythologized idea of Elvis, then that's something. But if it's just like that, to be like that. But judging by the trailers, which is using... Lots of songs that are not Elvis songs. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It might work. It might not. The director has never done a biopic before, but he's done some weird fucking movies. So, it doesn't look like it won't have personality. I might just not like it. <laughs>